0: This is H.P.R. episode 1761 entitled H.P.R. Community News for April 2015 and is part of the series H.P.R. Community News. It is hosted by H.P.R. volunteers and is about 67 minutes long. The summary is H.P.R. Community News for April 2015.
1: This episode of H.P.R. is brought to you by anhonesthost.com
2: Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. And with me tonight is...
0: Hi, it's Dave Morris.
2: Dave, you're back. How is life? Not bad,
0: not bad. Yeah, sorry I missed last time. Not uh, not feeling too well, but there you go. Yeah. That's life.
2: I have been fighting with Windows scripts. Have you ever done any Windows bash, batch batch files at all?
0: No, I kept clear of it. I used to use Sigwin on, on Windows so I could avoid all that stuff.
2: Yeah, that's cheating. I uh, have had to do some uh, batch files and it really is, I, I used to do it before, way back in the day, but, um, but it really, there's no loops, no nothing. It's just, oh my God.
0: just uh, It's, it's amazingly primitive for, for the 21st century. I'm, I'm surprised.
2: Well in fairness, they would argue uh, i guess the guys have got PowerShell and that sort of thing, so it does a lot more oh
0: lot more yeah fun. yeah I have colleagues ex colleagues who uh swear by that and say it's very good, but I have no experience with it
2: nor I and I think they, uh, they from guys who I know that used to use it they uh versions depending on the version of windows you're using the the uh versions of PowerShell differ from one to the other. However, this is not This Week in Windows. It is, in fact, Hacker Public Radio community news for April 2015. And for those of you joining for the first time, welcome to HPR. Uh, HPR is a community podcast network where the shows are provided by people who listen, that is you. So nobody's getting paid for any of this. And our infrastructure is kindly supported by anhonesthost.com. And joining as new hosts this week's were.
0: Good thing you've got, um, uh, you're going to be compressing out the silences because there was a silence there while well, I switched to the right tab. So Absolutely. this week's new hosts are AMP and Still Void.
2: Both of those, I guess, I could have done. But uh, there you go. As it's it's we... tradition,
0: tradition <laughs> that somebody else does it for you. Yeah.
2: Don't worry, I'll butcher people's names. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the night is young. The night is young. Anyway. As is our tradition here in HPR, on the 1st of April, if it falls on a weekday Monday to Friday, we run a April Fool's show and this month was, um, this year was no exception, credit card pin breach and if you um, or anybody knows of a good one to do, please uh, get in touch with me with plenty of time so that we can schedule that for you for next year.
0: It, it was good. It was good. I, I liked the joke. I, I'm afraid I didn't listen to more than about 10 minutes. Did you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I've listened to every HBR show, so I had to listen to that one.
0: I could have speeded it up about 100 times, perhaps right, So I would have done it.
2: Yeah. Okay. The following day was an actual real show, Theatres of the Imagination, Lost in Bronx, and uh, Dramatic Audio Media, which is uh, pretty good. He is... Uh, yeah, I like this. Good review of three different recording devices, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was impressed with the TASCAM recorder he was talking about, though it's a bit pricey here. I don't know. I forget what it was in, in the States.
2: Exactly. I have the Zoom H2, so uh, H4 would be would be a nice one to have, but we make do with what we have. Absolutely. The following day was Mailing List Etiquette by David Morris and uh, an an excellent show because you kind of, um, you know, I asked you to do this as well because I kind of came into it and uh, you know, top posting and bottom posting and all that sort of stuff and the reasons why you might do it and uh, the logic behind it and the email threads, all very, very excellent. Also, the EPUBs uh, notes were were absolutely excellent. (laughs)
0: You, yeah it um, i think they could do with some improvement uh, just chatting to john culp about how he, how he does them i might take on his probably will take on his methodology but it, i thought it was an interesting experiment i got a got a few positive comments about the epub stuff so uh, but uh, yeah i don't i don't know how I, I sort of felt that the show was maybe a little bit too boring for all but the really extreme geeks <laughs> but, uh, there we go It's there.
2: Oh, I I did enjoy it. So there you go. That was uh, the main thing. Good. So then the next one was HPR Community News, which we can skip over. I was a bit too meta talking about that. And then uh, a re-recording of 5150's How to Get Yourself in an Open Source Podcast presentation from um, Linux Fest, Kansas Linux Fest. Real pity they weren't able to get uh, those recordings in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It was a nice idea for a talk, I, uh, I would have, um, if I'd seen that in, a, in a, a schedule, I'd have been tempted to go along and listen to it, but uh, yeah, good for him.
2: Yeah, and I'm glad he took the time to record it for us, because uh, that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that was very thoughtful of him.
2: Then we had uh, Lord Dragonblood um, went to Scale 13, and didn't he do a fantastic job on the recording of these interviews?
0: He worked really hard to must have worked really hard to get these that some tremendous interviews here.
2: I hope it hasn't had an adverse effect on his health now as a result of that. So, but, uh, yeah, he
0: said he said he was feeling a bit uh, bit unwell towards the the end. I think he said. I heard him talking on uh, TLLTS about, uh, about the experience. But uh, good for him to, to be tackling that a fantastic job he did.
2: Absolutely, um, they it's funny because I had interviewed Matthew Miller a few weeks ago on uh, a Boston you know? so here, here we are, two shows, two different parts of the world, pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, full circle there. Uh,
2: the following day was uh, post SQL in space, which is brilliant. I thought that one would be right up your alley. The uh, time. Absolutely,
0: synch. yeah, yeah, I love that. That was the thought about the. Uh... Relativity problems. <laughs> Contacting these things on satellites. It, plus Postgres, which is my—I think everybody calls it. This—it's a really bizarre name, PostgresQL, but it, it's still pronounced Postgres by most people. I think they stuck the QL on the end relatively recently, just to show that that it's a database. I think. But, uh, anyway. Yeah.
2: Brian yeah. Lunduk, interesting interview. Uh, yeah he was yeah.
0: he was quite amusing wasn't he yeah he was i enjoyed that
2: yes not being as personality wise as he normally is so yeah fair enough
0: no no he he's uh there's a human being <laughs> oh i shouldn't say that should i really but he, he i he came across as quite a, an interesting guy to talk to sounds the sort of person you'd want to speak to yourself about
2: exactly the um they have a, they have a podcast as well, um, uh, called Bad Voltage. So uh, if you want to know what my jab about the personality thing is, go have a listen to that. But a good podcast, quite entertaining. And then the last uh, in that one was, uh, the next interview was the Open OpenSUSE Bill Service, which I'm surprised more people are not using, actually. It seems to be a fantastic uh, fantastic thing, little gem.
0: Yeah, I've heard heard things about it and good things about it, but uh, I've not heard of many people using it. Um, I'm not I sure wonder, what that means.
2: No wonder, is because uh, I've heard people uh, that Debian are very, um, you know, have requirements exa- about exactly how packages are supposed to be built. And if I suppose there's a not invented here sort of mentality, but it would be useful for other people. You know, if you have a small project here, is the deb just download it?
0: Yeah, sure. It it is meant to be a generic uh, tool kit. I think that would make any anything. I guess. I don't know that much about it, but uh, was my impression.
2: So the following day, we had Ahuka with his LibreOffice series uh, introduction to LibreOffice Impress, which is the uh, PowerPoint. And actually, in on this one, he's more talking about um, general things about your presentation. And actually, you know, get a get a pen and paper and write your presentation. That's you know, uh, that's advice I have given to my own children when they've had to do a class project. You know. Yeah, I yeah, thought it
3: was important yeah. to give everyone an idea of how to think about stuff. You
2: say his name three times, folks, and he appears.
0: <laughs> it works.
2: <laughs> I didn't even see you coming in. How are you coming? Uh, hey, how are you doing? Tired, tired, very tired. So we're up to uh, 1746, Eight interviews from ScaleX. Uh, I, I was doing the editing for these, so they. Um, I was up against time, so the show notes were... Uh, uh, for the other ones are a little bit uh, truncated. So there were quite a lot of interviews here the LPI, One Course Source, Elementary OS, Open Source Robotic Tools, Syslogging, OpenX, and ThinkPenguin Penguin, and Cody. All nice little snippet of interviews, actually. And then the following day, there was the so called Perlmongers who seem to be at every, uh, every event. Again, OpenStack, Girls in Tech LA, Snowdrift Co op, and SaltStack. I was really uh, interested to hear about the Girls in Tech L.A. There's a um, a Girls in Tech Amsterdam as well, so I would like to get in touch with them to see what they're promoting.
0: Yes, yeah, it and it sounded really good from what they were saying.
2: I've uh, started taking now looking at uh, speakers and presentations just now that it has become in my mind, you know, when you, you kind of don't notice stuff and then when it's brought to your attention, I'm now looking to see, okay, here's a... Here's a conference and the keynote speakers there are no female present presenters and there are no um you know there's predominantly white male you know there's only white males given presentations and uh you know you go oh no that's not a problem until you actually look at this and you go yeah this this could be a problem and this isn't just limited to tech things you know a lot of conferences i've been looking at um and you go well surely in this field they surely could have found you know, somebody other than you know standard white males to give a presentation.
3: But well, you have to make an effort and look. Absolutely, and I think
2: I think the um, I think what happened with the um, when you when you a Linux Fest, I heard uh, one talk about it. You know how the guest speakers they looked up the conferences, the other conferences that there were. Uh, to see what speakers were available and they invited them, so that kind of is uh, self-reinforcing. If if you're only doing that and there are no, you're just picking from the same pool. So it might be no harm just people who are organising conferences to think a little bit outside of the box and and contact girls and tech, blacks and blacks and technology and other um, tech groups out there. You know, twenty minutes of googling and uh, you know you. Might get some contacts, and so at least you know you tried. You know what I mean.
0: Anyway, yeah, yeah. Stepping on my soapbox.
2: And um, uh, Lordy asked that uh, this the 1749, which was uh, interview with Justin King, browser based uh, emulated computer. That he have his own episode, and I completely agree with that. Uh, well worth it.
0: He was a very bright young lad. He, he was, and he, he he spoke so well too
2: very much uh very very bright um and i i wonder though um you know a lot of the his his opinions i i suppose you question them because i i was questioning um his approach to free software and stuff as uh as a parent I wonder, do I impose my views of free software uh, and uh, proprietary software on my kids? I know I do. I try not to, but I know I do. So I just wonder, is that coming out as well? Or is that a good thing or a bad thing? Or is it just a fact of life, I guess?
0: It's a fact of life, I think, isn't it? I mean, however hard you try not to pass opinions and ideas across to your your kids they still pick them up somehow or other so you know and then then they filter them and and keep some and throw some away i i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing unless you're really hammering opinions into them
2: no no not so much but um i don't have proprietary applications in the house and certain types of phones i won't allow in the house unless they want them they have to buy them themselves
0: yeah i do the same
3: I don't see how you can raise children and not give them some of your values it just has to happen that way
2: yeah i just want them to to be thinking about it at least
3: yeah that's a good thing okay okay
2: moving on to accessibility uh john culp put this in i loved these and actually reading the show notes when i was posting i didn't really get what he was on about until i heard the episode not to say that i was just in a rush and didn't really pay that much attention but uh, some of these are really cool
0: yeah John's the way that john works is is fascinating and he he's uh, he's highlighted some very interesting tools here i certainly i started playing around with xclip and it was a great way to uh, to actually um, fill the the clipboard without you know if you're trying to cut and paste something large xclip with a file name is a fantastic Way to, uh, to 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 paste things into a form or whatever it is you're trying to do into an editor, perhaps. So that was very helpful.
2: I've had that where um, I wanted to put stuff from the clipboard, you know, highlight something and then run run a script uh, when it goes in, and that would actually really help. I might return to that in the future, but I definitely filed a lot of these things under yeah, this is stuff I need to uh, I need to go and look into. And Steve Bickle did our, uh, in this third show, how he got into Linux uh, tanking CrunchBang along the way.
0: Yeah, he was the guy who mentioned Sonic Pi as well, which, uh, have you looked at that? That looks very impressive.
2: No, what was that again?
0: Um, Sonic Pi is a, is a package that I think must have been developed for the Raspberry Pi, but it's also available on, uh Macs and Windows, I think. And it's a it's a music generation interface with a I assume a, a, a language that's been developed for making uh, making music. It's quite fascinating.
2: Cool. How did I miss that? truncate silence will uh take out the bit where I go and Google that again. Cool, that looks interesting actually.
0: Yeah, it looks like something to, to play with. Something like that for kids really, I mean it's uh and old kids like me, but uh it's uh, it would be great for for youngsters, I'm sure, to get into music generation on the on the various machines.
2: And then uh, the following day, we had 1752 Ahuka PenguCon
3: 2015. It's over. Yep, yeah, it was last weekend. Good crack. Oh, well, it was wonderful. Had a great time. I've just about recovered from it.
2: Excellent. Uh nobody recorded any shows for us, unfortunately.
3: I'm not certain of that because one of the uh, unexpected pleasures uh, 5150 came.
2: Oh, fantastic. Good news. And
3: and I think he may have gotten at least one interview that uh is going to show up.
2: Oh, that's good news.
3: Yeah, he wanted to get one with Bruce Schneier, but Bruce was only there Friday night. Um so that made it kind of hard to get anything in there, but uh I I do think he was looking for other interviews. While he was at the uh, event, he was also a guest on uh, Sunday Morning Linux Review, where we did a live uh, broadcast from the PenguinCon. Uh, so it was it was great to meet him in person. You know, was the first just, time you met him? Uh, yeah, I mean, up until now, it's just been this voice.
2: Yeah, it's so. funny actually. Uh, you think oh, strange that you haven't met fifty either. <laughs> It's America after all. It's only down the road. Uh,
3: well, uh, Kansas is not exactly next door. It's only that far on the map. Yeah, like as far as from one side of Europe to the other.
2: It's only two inches on the map. I got caught up with that the first time I went to the States, I'll tell you.
3: Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it would, uh, if I was driving it, it would. Uh, be more than a day okay but that was
2: cool and we'll no doubt hear more about that on other podcasts the next um show i think amp was a first-time host if i'm not
0: mistaken. that's right yes
2: yeah and um, introducing his five-year-old to sugar on toast i love this episode it was cool
0: yeah it, i i really enjoy those sort of you know microphone in the background type of type of shows ambient not sound type of things and uh, listening to something like this is is fascinating
2: i particularly like the two uh dual language approach as he's going along so very cool very very cool start them young that's what i say keep them coming and now we have two other people who i know uh listen to hpr and therefore on me a show so we had the next day d7 y7 uh john Cope, all about music and this did kind of make some sense to me as i was listening to it i must say
3: yeah i enjoyed it a lot uh, i've been a musician for quite a long time but it was uh, it was good hearing his take on that
2: what do you play
3: well, uh, I don't play an instrument any longer. In fact, I just finished selling off um, all of my stuff there, but uh, I also sing, and that's really what I'm sticking with now.
2: Excellent. Tune in at the end where we'll hear uh, Hugo sing us
3: uh, the free software song. <laughs> uh, well, sort of, kind of.
2: Fair enough. Um, yeah, no, T7, liked it. Next. Yeah,
0: it's great. Go yes. ahead. Just putting my two pence in, I uh, I was intrigued by this the dissonance and consonance thing. I'd been to a talk at the Edinburgh Science Festival where they were looking at at uh, human brains um, and their reaction to to these these things, um, where a dissonance is not resolved. So it was quite it fitted in with my limited understanding of what they were talking about there. So uh, cool.
3: Yeah, a certain amount of it seems to be universal. Uh, I've seen people do studies about how certain musical things uh, persist across all cultures. Um, So uh, some of it seems to have to do with how the brain is wired.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fascinating to think why, though. And, uh, you know, when it started to develop and are there there, uh, higher primates that have this as well? You know, that would be an interesting study if it hasn't been done.
3: Yeah. And their little musician uh, joke is that uh, we used to talk about a bizarre chord we would refer to as a perverted 27th chord.
2: <laughs> I uh, found it interesting from the point of view of uh, some of the um, concepts with hammer radio and um, what happens when you modulate two signals together. That was what I got out of it.
3: Yeah, well... But it's all based on frequencies and how they interact.
2: Two things I need to ask at the end of the show, Dave, if you can remind me. But carrying on, LibreOffice and Press moving around Hookah. Do we get any more in this month? But that was a, another introduction to the menu and the various different... Yeah,
3: I, I've got to get some more stuff written and recorded because um, I'm running out, but uh, I'm working on it.
2: Good to hear, folks, and if you're not working on your HPR show, well, you should be. I am actually a bit concerned about the number of uploads in the last period of time. They seem to be all coming from the same one or two hosts. So, basically, if you have not submitted a show this year, please do so. Thank you. Then we had the Ranger File Manager, and this is another one where I thought Dave Morris would be uh, poking an ear up about this one. It's a file manager in BIM. Or with Vim bindings at least.
0: Yeah, I had to go and download download this one straight away and play around with it. It's it's really interesting. I haven't quite spent enough time on it yet, but but uh, yeah. I can see lots of potential there. That was it was great to bring it to our attention. I thought.
3: I
2: don't think my Vim 2 is strong enough to be using this, to be honest. But uh, good to know it's there. I I do fool myself into thinking someday I will be doing all my computing just on a on a uh, screen session somewhere and then we have dave with useful bash functions many of which i intend to just copy and paste and put everywhere
0: well that that was the point really um that's why i offered, <laughs> offered them to you <laughs> to the world
2: <laughs> although that having to over type yes would drive me nuts
0: yeah well you can you can cancel that or you can Maybe I should produce another version which doesn't doesn't do that. I thought it was a great idea when i when I did it and that and I got used to doing it and then I thought actually I'm getting really annoyed with this. maybe everybody else will as well so
2: but can you edit the yes and no when you put it in
0: oh the it, what it's doing is it's putting up a, a read line line which is pre populated with with the the default that you've put in, so you can you can um Scroll back, and I mean, you can cursor back, um, or you can delete it, or you can edit it, or do what the hell you like with it, just like you could on a command line.
2: Well, for something like yes or no, it mightn't be useful, but for something like, uh, you know, I quite a, quite often generate URLs from things, and then I might want to go in and just edit something from HTTP to HTTPS, or add a parameter, or move a parameter around, and that would be actually yeah. quite useful to do.
0: That's, that's the sort of thing I had in mind when I, when I created that. There's another, there's another one coming in the same family, um, that, uh, pre-populates things. So, um, you, you, you might have worked out what the, the, the answer to the question would be, um, uh, somewhere else in the script. And then you would bring up the, the thing saying, I think this is what you, this is what you mean. And is, and then you can just accept it or you can go and edit it, that type of thing.
2: Very excellent. Very excellent. And I presume in your upcoming shows, you'll have a show about how you can put these into libraries and how you can make them available and make sure they're on all your computers and everything.
0: I did mention how I put these all into a file and then uh, source them in my scripts. But uh, really, that takes you off into into Git or something of that sort. Maybe it's in my queue of things to possibly do. I don't know. I'm sure there's other people who know it better than I do. Who could do a better job. But we'll see how we go.
2: Actually, if you do have that, that would be handy. Uh, pulling stuff from Git and uh, sourcing it. I'm still looking for somebody to do a show on the proper locations for you know files. Uh, startup files. you know, Bash scripts. Environmental variables. That sort of thing that's universal across that will work in terminals and SSH, you know, where do you put them, personal, system-wide, blah, 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 that sort of stuff. You don't have to answer now, but it would be handy if you could answer sometime. Not necessarily you, Dave, but the general public. So, the next day, C-Prompt, taking three perfectly good chills and stuffing them into one. Uh, Radiotopia, URXVT256C, and Crash Course in Astronomy. All of these could have been their own show. See, prompt. Could all been one? Sh- all have been their own show. Why? Why?
3: Well, now, one of the things that uh, we could do, if you wish, is that um, I am supporting Crash Course on Patreon, and that's something I check in every day for any new files that they have uploaded to YouTube. Uh, I'd be happy to record a show about it.
2: Yeah, please do so, please do so. No, I'm only, uh, I'm only messing with uh, Curtis. It's uh, fantastic shows, and putting three small snippets like that together is, is, a, is a cool thing. I've done one or two shows like that, you know, three little things, and I record a show about it. I've heard about this URXVT256C thing um, where before, but to be honest, I always thought there were too many letters in it to be something I could ever type. And he didn't mention, but the words "vt" means virtual terminal. But I
0: think he did. Did he not? I no, he, he referred to that. it as
2: "vt" the whole, the whole way through without explaining. Oh, okay.
0: Maybe it was in his notes. I'm sure I saw it somewhere. Is my memory failing me? I like his. I do like his format. He's, he's, his his um, cool stuff idea is a, is is a good one because it's it's just sort of nice little news news bike snippets uh, about subjects that have caught his attention and th- those are great things to share I like that
2: absolutely so the next day we had Firefox OS from uh, still Void, first-time host and I was really glad to see this one because uh, I'm just generically interested in uh, uh, something more flexible for most. well actually something more free for most.
0: Yeah, the the geek's phone sounds good, doesn't it? I I followed up his links there and had a good look around. It looks like it's quite quite a tempting phone. Well, for people who don't want to spend too much on phones, that is, like me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you, buddy.
0: Not I'm not sure about Firefox OS just at the moment, but uh, it'd be interesting to give it a go just to have a have a little look.
2: And this uh, phone comes with a rooted Android, does it?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's um. It, and I think it's it's quite a reasonable spec. Um, I've forgotten exactly because I went hunting for other phones after I'd read the details of this and they've all merged together in my head. But uh, it, it did seem like quite a, quite a nice phone for not too much money.
2: I'm just on here on the website and have a look. Oh, by the way, yes. If people have recipes for bread, making your own bread, could you please record a show about it? failing that could you email me recipes please as uh i would like to have recipes for making bread homemade bread easy ones that don't require a lot of things that can get you started okay you've heard it here folks first and oh yeah that was the last one for this month correct that's right I know who could get annoyed if I skip on, but I just hit the next, next, next button. Okay, Dave, how about, seeing as you've completely taken over the, uh, you do the comments, and I will do the uh, mailing list discussions. So we had uh, James. Uh, mailing list, by the way, if you're new to HPR, is where pretty much all the policy decisions are made. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of low volume. You better read, uh, listen read and listen to Dave's mailing list etiquette or he gets very annoyed, goes on flame wars and everything on there, Uh, catches you up, finds out your IP address, your home location, and then sends people around to take care of you if you top post.
0: Uh, That's me to a T, absolutely.
2: Yep. yep. So we had uh, James saying uh, thanks for the credit card pin, pin pin breach thing. He's gone and informed his bank to uh, get a new credit card. Uh, site links on HPR. Um, yeah, they, uh, the, the, the CSS was borked and um, wasn't shown properly for Mike uh, and other visually impaired people. So uh, I think that's fixed now with massive help from um, uh, Windigo. And I've met one or two alterations since and I think you have as well, Dave. So if if anybody out there under any circumstances ever comes across something wrong with the site, don't think somebody else is going to tell us about it. You send an email to admin.hackrepublicradio.org or you send it to the email list or you phone the dial-in number. You tell us about it, you know, because if we don't know about it, we can't fix it. Yeah, simple as that. And if something's happening with the CSS that stops people from being able to do access the site, then we'll just disable the CSS uh, until we get it fixed, yeah, like we did here. Then we had um, a question about LibreOffice Calc uh, from Mike Ray and it was answered by uh, James and uh, yeah, about how you access some stuff uh, in LibreOffice. Um, then John Culp emailed saying that the HPR bot is malfunctioning Uh, There is something you need to be aware of. If you have a Gmail address, anything coming from the HPR thingy is being marked as spam. So if you have a Gmail address, you need to go into the spam thing and whitelist your email address. Say it one more time. Regardless of what email address you're using, HPR will probably be marked as spam. So when you click on the button and it comes back, thank you for submitting a show. By that stage, you should already have had the email. So if you don't find it, check in your spam folder. Thank you. David Whitman asked for to reserve the 8th of July. Nobody objected, so that's that. And 5150 was looking for to see who needed the Zoom H1 recorder. And it looks like he brought it himself, did he? To Pengukon. Ahuka, did he have the recorder, as Pengukon? We may never know. Then we had a question from uh, John Culp about screencast, putting embedded audio into ebooks. and this was super fascinating. If anyone has not had a uh, chance to watch the video, it is definitely, definitely something that you should download and watch.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's very, very interesting to to see that workflow there, <laughs> and the amount of work there is quite quite astonishing. But uh... Very impressive.
2: Yes, but not only that, he is really using the computer like, you know, like people envisage computers to be in science fiction movies back in the 50s, you know, talking to his computer, having the computer do stuff for him. It's it's fantastic. And John was asked for uh, 11th of May to be reserved. No objections were given, so therefore,
0: go ahead. I think he, um, I don't know if he ever followed up on that, but but he did mention... Um, I've been chatting with it, with him on GNU Social um, a bit, and I think he said that he was going to try and record a thing with his mother, and the opportunity slipped by, so it, it never never came to be, I think.
2: Oh, bummer. Okay, well, good try.
0: I got that right, by the way. That, uh, that was my impression.
2: Then there was a question about LibreOffice from Mike Ray about... Um, about fonts, Liberation Sans, what type of font to use, and interesting discussion about uh, what fonts you can expect to have on your system. Uh, Kevin even replied, it's a busy month for Mike, actually. Um, The archive.org API, he had a question about, and you replied back to it as well. And even Jason Scott got involved, who is from textfiles.com and has done many movies and stuff about archiving. Um if you have a spare evening, uh, Google him.
0: Yes, he's an impressive guy. He, he often uh, comes on to uh, um, one of the 2600 shows um, off the hook is, is, is where he often appears. So, yeah, he's an impressive guy. I think Mike decided to go with the Pearl solution. Last thing I heard from him anyway. So he was messing around with the script that I'd written for HBR. So... Uh, not heard any any follow-up. I'm sure he'll be hearing this and we'll come back with an answer. But yes. Hopefully he managed to solve everything to his satisfaction.
2: Coming back with an audio recording for HPR, no doubt. Anyway, I had a message about disabling um, uh, CSS and it's back. And John Culp, if there's a problem with some device, an iPad browser, tell me about it. Don't be saying, oh, it's fixed now on my device. Tell me before there's things wrong with it thank you thank very much and we changed the ftp password so uh yeah if you want to go to the mailing list or better yet just reserve a show uh, and click the upload button and then it'll email it to you and then we had a comment about the uh this community news show coming on and there was a a i got us an email about uh hack in the box in Amsterdam, which is horrendously expensive, but it seems to be one of those uh, events that is very popular in the security community. But uh, there's usually quite a lot of stuff coming from that. So, uh. so anyway, there it is. I invited him to join, but uh, he hasn't. And uh, that was that. Was that? If anyone's going, please bring a recorder and get some uh, interviews. And I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Frank Bell replied to that saying that he put it on Linux uh, uh, LinuxQuestions.org. Something that I didn't know they I didn't know they had a um, events schedule over there, which is good because you might use that instead.
0: Never saw that message. So did it go to the list?
2: Yeah, maybe it just came to me.
0: Okay, that's fine. I just I there was a point at which I thought. Uh, odd messages were being dropped. Yeah. So uh, that, I just wondered if that was a case. I think it was... Oh, no, it's I just it... me. Sorry, Sorry Frank. Yeah.
2: For, uh... But yes, thanks, Frank, who contacted me off list to say that. You put on the And if you have events coming up, put them over there as well. No harm to have things in one place. So, Dave, talk us through the comments, seeing as you completely came over, stomped to my ground, and took over complete control of the commenting system.
0: Absolutely. Who would do a thing like that? I mean, it's just shocking, isn't it? It's, it
2: is terrible. Yeah, pushing your way in. God, the next thing you'll be running community news next.
0: <laughs> You're more than welcome. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Done it. Done it once with the with the hooker. At, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um,
3: yeah. So we stumbled through.
0: We we did okay. I think I think we. I feel I feel we feel confident that we we uh, held uh, held our own there pretty well so um the first, uh, um, the comments list now is sensible therefore um uh, i'm just working through it from top to bottom and um there was there was a comment from is it spectacles not working um brain not working uh, um the show from nightwise about excuse not to record for hpr had which was from Andres, saying uh, yes, it was great, and I, and as a consequence, that that was um, that was who who was who was our new um, amp. He he calls himself Amp um, on HPR. That was the show that he about introducing his five year old to sugar on toast, which he did as a consequence of uh, Nightwise's prompting, which is fantastic.
2: Win 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 win. Excellent.
0: So next was um, some comments about 1732, which was John Culp's show about uh, renovating the public domain counterpoint textbook that he did last month. And um, there were a couple more comments about this. And there was one from... Oh, one about the, the question of which is a slash and which is a backslash. So, so Robert Stackhouse was suggesting a way of uh, solving that one, remembering which way the top corner of the slash is pointing, which I thought was quite a, an innovative way of doing it. And uh, John, John himself mentioned his um, YouTube um, video that we were speaking about earlier.
2: Yeah, it's good to have that in the show notes.
0: Then we had 1738, which was... The credit card pin breach, which was uh, we all believed uh, was uh, a fascinating and, uh, and deeply meaningful show. And <laughs> Jim Zat said, "Thanks for this informative episode." <laughs> and uh, he was shocked to hear both he or she would, no, was uh, was fascinated to hear, shocked to hear that credit card pin and voicemail pin were listed in there. So that's. That's uh, very nicely.
2: Of course, that won't be a problem anymore when we have uh, our near-field communications.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, right. That's, have you ever waved a, a credit card or a debit card over a machine and got it had it take money out of the thing? That's, I hate uh,
2: that. It's it's happening here now. They've just uh, they're changing all the, the pin machines to do that, and it mm-hmm. yeah. drives me it puts the fear of god into me you know just 20 you can do it to a maximum of 20 euros before they ask you for a pin but yeah that's yeah that, that just seems nuts to me you have some guy with a big laptop walking down the train 20 euros, 20 euros 20 euros 20 euros 20 euros get out of the train and away you go
0: i know i know so we're all gonna get uh little faraday cage wallets from now on hey eh?
2: i have one i have one there it is <laughs> right
0: here yeah impressive impressive <laughs> So next was a comment from Mike Ray to last um, to the March, yeah, last month's community news, and Mike said, "Oh, he was commenting on the fact that we that we uh, had generally didn't get some of his uh, his literary references. I think in the previous previous uh, community news." It was largely me. I wasn't really sure what he was talking about not being very literary. So he said uh, pearls before swine. <laughs> so uh, Kevin got, got points for knowing what it
3: was about. Uh, unfortunately, I've done a lot of reading.
0: Well, good for you. I think it's uh, showed the rest of us up. Uh, next, we had um, John commenting on Lord Dracomblut's uh, episode where he spoke to the to the young fellow whose name I've forgotten for the moment um, and John was saying that his son is the same age as uh
2: justin King
0: thank you having difficulty finding the uh, the name in the episode there um yeah see it now um yeah so uh if you have children the same age then it's uh, it's fascinating to see how others others deal with with the world. HPR seventeen fifty was uh, John Culp's episode about uh, X clip and X two et etc. And John made a correction to it. Now I could get very geeky here and uh, and uh, comment on the fact that he was using some a sequence of characters here that completely messed up the the comment system and uh only by virtue of uh lots of fiddling around on my part did i manage to to get it to actually um re- be represented properly really we should have edited the the original rather than put per- uh, a correction in the comments i think i can't remember what it was now i think oh it's backslash less than through the comment system into a screaming loop well it just it just dropped it dropped the line at that point yeah. so uh, very very weird anyway we got there in the end um, then i made the comment that uh, i thought it was amazingly uh, impressive what what could be done with these tools and blather i did a, a, as is my want, ask him why he didn't change his script a little bit and uh, um, so uh, anyway yeah. That was, didn't, uh, I think he, he had an answer to that, which I, which I can't immediately find. Oh, yeah. We were talking about using a, an environment variable versus an alias. And, uh, that's just one of the things that you, you do when you're putting stuff together. You don't necessarily think of all possible alternatives. Mike Ray enjoyed it. And, uh, um, sorry, just sorry? on
2: those scripts. Sometimes you start off, yeah. If you have a script that's going 15 years you know the the level of knowledge that you had back 15 years ago is you know things have moved on as well oh
0: we've all done that we've looked back and thought why on earth did i do that and the answer was well maybe that was the only way you knew at that particular point or you're just having a bad day you had to finish it quickly or something it's yeah but sometimes you know it's, I always reckon that if if you have a suggestion for an alternative, it can be can set up an interesting discussion about uh, better ways of doing things, perhaps.
2: Yes, definitely. I know some of the things that you put in are of the oh, where you've commented on my scripts have improved them greatly, but I can't help but think it would be better in the show. But then again, that's kind of what prompted me to ask you for to do the uh, bash scripting show, which you're happily doing now. I'm glad to say.
0: Absolutely. Everyone a winner or something. I'm not quite sure what that means, but you know,
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, every time you ask for, for something, you often, you often get what you asked. for. That's what I meant. But uh, yeah. Um, so where do, where we got to? Oh yeah. Uh, John was commenting. I think Mike had, Mike Ray had mentioned, had uh, commented on John's show and, uh, um, and the use of, of blather and so forth, and John was offering help, um, and there was a little bit of a to and fro about uh, about setting up blather to do things. I think Mike was uh, was planning to use that in as well. So good to him. Don't know quite what the outcome was. I'd like to hear more. Then we had uh, seventeen fifty four, which is another one. John shows about the the D seven one. Um, Fifty one fifty thought that uh, D seven might be something to do with Klingon battle cruisers, and John John sort of came back in confusion. Um, but uh, I didn't get the link yeah.
2: to that myself. i, I thought I'm maybe not quite Nine or whatever. So fifty, go in. Tell us what you're on about.
0: And uh, we had a comment from the Love Bug, who uh, whose context I can't quite place now what what show what show is his? i can't remember now uh the podcast yeah of course thank you um saying that it was very uh, helpful to to somebody who is a musician so uh the whole business of music theory is is a, is a winner i think especially in john's hands it seems
2: exactly and john uh had a he had a rendition of that show that uh the song the full song and unfortunately as this was not out of copyright, couldn't play it, which is a bummer. I pulled
0: myself. Then we had 1756 um, about Ranger File Manager. John Culp came back with the comment that he thought Ranger is is uh, phenomenal, and um, if you if you looked at it, it, is rather nice. It's sort of three three columns of uh, information with. Uh, Directory on the left and uh the contents of the directory in the middle and the and 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 the, the contents of any of what you 're currently looking at on on the far right, whether it be directory or file or whatever i 'm not sure i 'm doing it justice in describing it like that but it it is very clever i like it um, i've been a um, an m c user a midnight commander user for many many years. Uh, which is great, but uh, it's this is this seems a lot better. You have to work a little bit to to get it do exactly what you want, but you know that's not unusual.
2: As I said, I thought it would be one of interest to you. Absolutely. You see, that's not to say that that show wasn't of interest to the mass mass public. This is why you cannot judge HPR shows by the number of downloads. It's the number the amount of impact a particular show has on a particular people you know shows perhaps like that one people using vi already in the mood thinking all oh, right i'm going to switch my uh my everyday tool to this thing and uh, you know you might only have might have had a huge impact on something like 20 or 30 different people but that's still a huge impact you know what i mean sorry i'm not yeah, vocalizing this very well
0: <laughs> Oh I know what you mean yeah it's it's a it's a good good thought so next was seventeen fifty seven uh, my show on um these bash functions where I got a comment from bill Ricker who said he liked the podcasting and he liked the idea of the uh, epub uh notes but um I think he was saying that the the rendering of the code in the in the notes was a little bit bit uh, strange to be honest I hadn't re- I'd looked at it um, through uh, caliber on on the desktop and it looked fine of course but if you try that on a phone or well, a phone would be horrible on it even on a tablet it's not really very nice and I'm not I don't know whether how useful it is to try and do epubs of uh, um, code code stuff you know because if you want to use eighty-column code, then I'm not quite sure how you do that. Do you just shrink it down so it fits? I, I don't know. But the fact that I was using Pandoc to generate it was, I commented on in in, in reply, uh, saying that um, maybe we can do something better if we go for a better way of generating the uh, the um, the EPUB stuff. But uh, we'll see. You can on my Nexus Seven, you could view. The, the current thing, if you went into landscape mode, but then it's so narrow, it's quite hard because I'd put bits of code and then comments about what it did underneath. So it's really difficult to just keep scrolling up and down or page to page just to read the, the code, then read the comments. It's not not ideal. I hadn't really thought of that very, very much. It's, it was just a, uh, you know, it sounded like a good idea to have some, some, um, uh, EPUB notes and I thought see how it goes, see what people think and uh so it needs work, but maybe there's some potential there.
3: Yeah,
2: okay. I I like the idea mostly. So
0: if it's mainly it's text. See where it's going. If it if it's primarily text and I think it's it, it could work quite well. But embedded bits of code might not. I I I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. There's a comment by uh, a hexadecimal number, uh, 0xF10E, uh, yeah. commenting on my, my throwaway comment about uh, exit codes. I said uh, zero is true and anything else is false. And I sort of said, oh, it seems odd that one is false. But, because uh, that was a pretty stupid thing to say because it's non-zero that's, that's, uh, that's I, false.
3: i um-
2: I heard this on the way to the train, right? And I was thinking to myself, Dave, what are you on about? Because I had this email discussion with you about what the correct form of error codes was about a year and a half ago. And you were very adamant that uh, one was this and zero was that. (laughs) Right back (laughs) at you, my friend.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the trouble. So, unscripted ramblings... Which is what I'm doing here, of course. Uh, can sometimes come back and bite you if, you if you're not completely thinking through what you're saying. So there was a there was a case in point. So uh, as I said in my reply, yeah, I'm easily confused. So, uh, but I must say the the way that Unix does this is a little bit pri- well. It seemed primitive to me as a as an old time mainframe uh, programmer because a lot of mainframes worked on the principle that an error code was a thing that mapped into a text file um, which was known right across the operating system so when your program returned an error code that error code mapped onto a universal error message which you could you could then get back as in you know, a pop-up or a display or whatever um, you could look up after the event so sorry Tom, unix you would
2: Give me an example of that. I don't quite follow.
0: Well, I was thinking the last the last operating system I used to use, um, Open VMS, it had a concept of what what it called an error text module. So as you built your your bit of software, your application, you built an error text module. You then uh, define quite long error numbers you know great long hexadecimal things and then you you associated them with a short piece of text you know a file not found or something and then a longer piece if you wanted to that said the file you are blah 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 in the context of whatever the program was doing um was uh we couldn't find and that's probably because you're uh, et cetera et cetera and when you then run the program, you could associate that error text file with it. And if the program hit that error, it would then invoke the error message thing. And you could also make the error messages visible across the entire operating system. So, um, so that, uh, you know, you, you could share that error message and text throughout many applications if you wanted to. Um, so. That was that was the way that a lot of mainframe systems did did that back in the day. Yeah, was that clearer? Yeah, you got no, that. I yeah, that, yes. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. So going on to 1758. Uh, C prompts cool stuff part three. 5150 said, "Oh, he was making a comment about the Knight Foundation, which was uh, he was the, the yes the." Uh, the 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 car and all that stuff Kit and uh, David he, Hasselhoff. Uh,
2: which comment was this? Because I just couldn't get that.
0: This was his, this was comment number one on seventeen fifty eight. Yeah, where he says Kit K I well I I can't remember what that stood for. I might have expected any There's story about the Knight Foundation would have taken me into the shadowy world of a man who does not exist, and that was all about. Uh, you know what? What was what was that called? Night Rider, wasn't it?
2: Oh yes. So yeah. Radiotopia was sponsored by part by the Night Foundation. Okay. Dean yeah. Call. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm <laughs> a bit slow. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: uh, I think fifty-one fifty was <laughs> on do, 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 when do, he do, when do, do, he was doing these things. Do, do, <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. And then um, my friend Zero X F One Zero E. Uh, made a comment on the, the fact that Curtis had lost a, a file by doing weird things with naming and so forth and saying, use versioning, you know, HG, Git, Fossil, whatever, um, and uh, commit it. And so that that way you back it up and yeah, you can get it, it back it, if you mangle things.
2: Out. That's all very well to comment, but... Uh, I've I've listened to him do that, and I, I have literally spent hours and hours and hours with that very same thing. And to this point where I have it on a post-it note in my head, uh, two things, two post-it notes. One is, if, uh, if I'm putting more than two echo statements and I don't see them coming out, then I'm running the wrong file, and the other one is, if I'm doing anything with XML uh, parsing, and nothing comes out it has to be namespaces two golden rules
0: yeah 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 well being careful about the naming of your files is is certainly quite important i think isn't it and uh, yeah but but the, i think the the git thing is uh or whatever other repository you prefer uh, is 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 valuable it's a valuable comment yeah maybe but you'll...
2: sometimes you pull out you don't want to go on into kit. you don't want it's only something, a small little thing, right? And you make a copy of the program just outside of the repo just to check something. as you don't want all, why is this bug not found, Echo? <laughs> or Echo, I'm here. Why is it not going in here? You don't want that necessarily appearing in a public Git repository or in a... In a <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. you just pull it out, and then four <laughs> days later, you're still there, and this thing has grown, and you think, I really should check this in now. And, of course, you plan to do that two seconds before your hard disk corrupts. So,
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I have to tell you, and maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I sometimes operate with two repositories of a given thing. If it's going to go public, then there's the private repository where I make all those really stupid mistakes. And then there's a public repository where uh, what I do is to do is to R-sync the files from the private to the public and then Commit them there and uh, and pump them up to well, it's GitHub now that I'm using but uh, um, so so the garbage doesn't necessarily go that way doesn't always work mind you but uh, but uh, that that was the theory anyway
2: yes but I think your mind is a lot more disciplined than others
0: especially yeah, yeah, when
2: yeah. it's it's only a small bug I mean it can only be a small thing let's let's take it out here and just try and see what's going on
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, I know it's easy to say, so anyway, c prompt came back and said, "Yeah, he's just started to use git for uh for this sort of thing, and we'll continue to to do so for for the coding he does in the future so
3: well, good, good for him. That's how we all learn these things.
0: falling over things is is a very good way to to learn that they're there, isn't it yeah. So the last one was 1759, which was Still Void's episode on uh, Firefox OS. And John Culp uh, welcomed him aboard, saying it was an excellent job and he was interested in Firefox OS and the possibility of hacking it uh, in the future. So that sounds intriguing. Since it's a web-based thing, then it might be more hackable than, uh, than many other things. So, yeah, I'd like to hear more about that myself.
2: Yeah, that's what I. I'd like to. um I wanted to have a talk with the Firefox OS guys. They have a big booth at um, at Fosdem, but nobody wanted to give me an interview. Interesting enough. You know.
0: So that's the end of the comments.
2: Yep. Uh, two things I wanted to ask. One was about the bread. If people have recipes uh, for bread, easy recipes, I'd like to hear. And secondly, I want to ask, I've been struggling with the analogies for basic, for some reason electronics, uh, I'm getting it hard to get stuff into my head. Um, I do, I'm beginning to see about spectrum, but I was thinking as an analogy for voltage, uh, the difference between voltage and current. Now we had a, an episode about current. So current is fairly obvious. You, a river goes past and you have to put something into the river to to a paddle wheel in the river to measure the current go past would voltage then an equivalent analogy be the width of the river the wider the river is the higher the voltage for the same current so that's something for the listeners to think about and continue to send in electronic shows continue to send in shows in general
0: didn't whoever I've forgotten who it was did the the uh, the voltage current show? Did yes. he not mention the voltage as well and talk about pressure in in plumbing, or is that my imagination?
2: Yes, but is pressure a good analogy? Because if I see pressure, I would see the current increase if you add more voltage, but it doesn't. It's it kind of works if you have it behind a dam. So I'm wondering, is the width of a river be, be a more accurate property? Probably not, actually thinking about it. But that's something for people to who are screaming down the microphone and going, Ken, you're so stupid. No, it's not. Then you uh, just take out your phone right now, record an episode and send it into to us. Thank you. I'm actually thinking of, I have a lot of these silly questions, and I'm thinking uh, of a, you know, if there was some people who Hardware hackers or whatever, just who could tolerate stupid questions or uh, reasonably ignorant questions from myself. Um, You know, just about the you know, what is light? What is a wavelength? Why why is white white? Why is pink pink? That sort of thing. Um, Yeah, the harmonics, the uh, modulations, that sort of stuff. I'm having a lot of fundamental issues with my ham radio courses. getting the concepts into my head and usually I've in the past when I'm able to get a concept into my head then I'm able to uh, understand it and learn it easier so if somebody wants to help me out with that get in touch thanks gentlemen do you have anything else
0: I'm good nothing more here
2: all righty um tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of HBR. And Dave, could you save your recording because I don't have a backup here on the NAS. And taking us out will be a hookah with his rendition of The Free Software Song.
3: Come on now and join the party. You'll be free, hackers. You'll be free. Yay! Hooray, that was good. That was great.
2: Thanks, guys. Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of
3: Hacker.